0: see your face in the place, amen, and we're glad you're here today, amen. amen, praise God, you may be seated, let's give our praise team a good God bless you this morning, amen, so good to have you that are here today, and those who are watching online, we're glad that you're joining in with us today, uh, a year later, if you're still watching, you're one of the minority. Amen. And uh, so I just want to share some things today with you and my heart. And um, I had um, put on uh, Facebook yesterday evening that if you was been not attending church and thinking about coming back today, it'd be a good day to do that. And uh, we've had some people respond to that. We've got folks here from Columbus today. Come to hear me preach. We've got people from Mississippi here today. Come to hear me preach. Yeah. Amen. Miss Cindy came back from Florida to hear me preach. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But we're glad you're here today in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's all right to have a little bit of fun can't have any fun, you need to get saved, amen, because Jesus is about having life, having abundantly, praise God, amen. I want to share with you some things in my heart today, and, and um, I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, read verse 27 and verse 28, and then we'll go to Acts chapter 2, 41 and 42, Amen. I feel a stirring in my heart and in my spirit. And as you know, I've had been had time to meditate these last few weeks and uh, this feel a stirring in my heart. And I want to direct us toward that today. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27, it says, now you are the body of Christ and members individual. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles, and then gifts of healings, notice it's plural, helps is plural, administrations is plural, and varieties of tongues is plural. Amen. But I want you to notice these are in order. God placed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles. A lot of folks today wanting to jump to the miracles, but you can't have the miracles until the apostle, the prophet, and the teacher are in the place. Then miracles come. Amen. Then Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. Then those who gladly, say gladly. Then those who gladly received the word and were baptized on March 14th. Amen. Those who gladly received the word and were baptized on March 14th, and it says, and then about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Amen. And they continually, steadfastly, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. Praise God. Father, we thank you for this moment that we have together here today. I pray that you would help me to be able to articulate that, that you have put in my heart for this season and for this moment. I pray that we have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a will to draw near to your word today. And let us leave here today inspired, transformed, and encouraged. And God, I pray today that your goodness and your word would be revelant in our hearts now. In Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. We in America understand disaster relief. When there is a disaster somewhere in the world, most of the time, America is the first responders. They're the first to have boots on the ground. They're first to send food, cleaning supplies, money, and even help. Immediately, they are sent to the place of disaster as first responders. Because we know those who have been affected by the disaster have no ability to help themselves, we respond. We go to help them. Amen. It's foundational in us as humans that we Uh, somehow understand this and we have the ability to help uh, to send disaster relief. But it seems like that we understand this in all the other realms except for the spiritual realm. We're there to bring aid to people that are hurting when a disaster takes place. But we in the spirit need to understand that God has sent us here for disaster relief spiritually. For those who have been severely damaged and been brought into an environment where that the enemy has created over our region. And and, and for sometimes it takes a while for uh, some people to get free because when you are in an environment long enough, you tend to begin to gravitate toward the environment or the culture in which you are living in. And even though it is abnormal, it becomes our normal. And we come into agreement with the culture. And we have created a culture that knows how to be excited everywhere but church. We loud everywhere but church. See, I told you. We loud everywhere but church. And you can come to church and you can hear a mouse tap dancing on cotton. But let me tell you something. If we acted in sports like we act in church, we'd get get kicked off of the team quick, fast, and in a hurry. Amen. Don't show up for practice. Come in sad. Don't support the team. Don't cheer. Don't encourage. Huh? And that coach is going to set you behind on the bench if he doesn't get rid of you. Huh? Am I telling it right? Because we are not participating. We're not encouraging because you've got to be a part of the team if you're on the floor or if you're on the bench. You've got to encourage those who are playing. You've got to encourage those who are scoring to continue to to score and and, and, and my concern is it is dangerous for a region to be under an aggressive attack of the enemy and expect to find help from a passive church. Amen. A church that is passive, a church that is not in a hostile environment can be no help to a disastrous community, region, or a world. There is no hope. But we have to get as aggressive as that that is a coming against us. Amen. The Bible says it like this from the days of John the Baptist until now. The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the church got passive. No, you, you got to take it, take it by force. That means you've got to get more aggressive than your enemy. You can't be a passive and expect that an aggressive enemy to just settle in and say, Oh, you're the church. I, I, I didn't mean to hurt your family. You, if you have an aggressive enemy, I'd like to have, some, whenever that aggressive enemy comes against me, I'd like to have some aggressive friends. I know some people, you know, oh, poor Peter in the Bible, he gets a bad rap, but I'd like to have some Peters around me. Whenever the enemy starts right, I'd like to get somebody with a quick sword. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Somebody not just sitting around saying, I just wonder if Pastor Brian's going to make it or not. No, pull the sword, baby. Cut them up. Let them know you're on my side. Amen. Because every pastor needs somebody to stand up for him even when he's not in the room. Amen. You see, this enemy will become aggressive against us. And if we are not hostile ourselves, then we will become a victim of our enemy. Amen. But I'd like to have some friends that could get there quick, fast and in a hurry. And bring something with you. (laughs) Bring something with you. You see, part of the problem with our current church structure is that we are so concerned with making people comfortable until we cannot get them delivered. You can't please everybody anytime. Amen. Amen. Somebody in here right now is freezing to death. And there's a man sitting beside that somebody that's burning up. Some folks don't think it's loud enough because they won't buy a hearing aid. And nobody thinks that I'm too quiet. But it is true that you can't please everybody. You, you can't even please your family, let alone a, a, a group or a congregation. There's no way. The truth is that people in your family, in this church, in our region, they all have situations in our life that we cannot fix and we need a miracle. But can I say to you today that in the absence of miracles, we have created more comfortable church. And this is, this is something you can tweet, something the Lord told me a, a long time ago. The less power there is, the more performance is needed. And whenever we don't have power in the house, we got to have performance in the house. we got to keep people happy. How are you going to keep them happy? If you don't have power, then you got to have a performance. And we have, it's easier to have a performance than it is to have power. But if we invested as much time in prayer as we do in our performance, we could have the power that would be a light and a, a show that was greater than any smoke, any lights, any, any performance, because there isn't nothing like the power of God. You want to see a sight and sound show? Go to the day of Pentecost. <laughs> Amen, go to the day of Pentecost whenever heaven responds to a group of one hundred and twenty in an upper room that begins to in, when heaven begins to invade the earth and and an early day church is birthed and and they can 't get anywhere you see you see through the Old Testament you see Israel, but then you come into the New testament and and this New Testament church is struggling until Pentecost, but after Pentecost. There was a power that was released upon this New Testament church that whenever they, wherever they went, signs and wonders and miracles followed them that believed. Amen. I'm not telling you today that we don't perform. I'm not telling you today that we don't do our best in worship, in music, in, in whatever it is. Yes, it's all good. But if there is no power in it, Amen. When we lose the power we put that push back the enemy, and to ho- then we do not see the miracles that God desires. But whenever there is power in the house, it releases into the atmosphere that everything becomes possible. Miracles becomes possible. Amen. And the heavenlies are open up. It is not that God hasn't released our miracle. It is there is a battle going on over our miracle. And there is a no in the atmosphere. There's a no in the atmosphere, Daniel. Huh? Ain't nobody talking to me today. There's a no in the atmosphere, Daniel. But what did God say? I heard you the first day. I released your answer when I heard you pray. But there is a no in the atmosphere. There's a no in the culture. There's a no around you, and there's a war that is going on. It's not that God has not answered your prayer, my brothers and sisters. It is not that God doesn't want you blessed. It's not that God doesn't want you to have the miracle. You've got to understand there is a no in the atmosphere. Amen. And when there is a no in the atmosphere, there's going to be a battle for that that has already been declared yours. Amen. Therefore, it isn't about the no. When there is a no in the atmosphere, there has to be a yes in your spirit. Amen. Well, Pastor, I just don't think it takes all of that. I just don't feel it. You just don't feel it. Well, whenever a team is at home and they're down, But if you're at home, you can be down, but you're not out. Huh? Because home court is the epicenter. Huh? Home court, you have it, they call it a home court or a home field advantage for a reason. Because you can be down by 10 points. Huh? You can be down by, by 20 points. How many remember the great miracle of Marshall? Bryant Byron Leffridge in a broken leg. How many points were they down? 20 some points? Ain't nobody talking to me here. Y'all are all asleep or what? Down at least by 20 some points. Going into the fourth quarter. And the quarterbacks done broke his leg. Done been to the hospital and came back. Huh? And the linemen have to get up under his shoulders and carry him to the next place so that they can put him in his spot. So he can throw the ball again. How did they come back? They had home field advantage. I want to tell you today that whenever we have home field advantage, why? Because there's strength there. And even though you may be down by 10 points, you've got, you've got mama in the in the in the in the stand saying, come on, baby. Come on. You can do it. You got daddy saying, You better get it done. You got aunts and uncles cheering you on. You've got other people that have played ball on that same court for years. And they saying, you you representing us. Come on. You can, and they're all standing and they're all cheering. They're down by 10 points, but everybody's roaring. Why? Not because they're winning, but because they know they've got home field advantage. And now they begin to create an atmosphere where that it is conducive for them not to just sit down and lose and quit. But they are creating an atmosphere that causes them to believe they have the potential to win. And whenever we come into the house of God, people don't want to come up in a church that's dead. People don't want to come up in a church, man that just smells like a mausoleum. Have you noticed, I told you the other Sunday, I don't believe in building our theology on music, but have you noticed that this generation is talking so much about dead things coming to life? Seems like to me half of the songs talk about coming out of the graveyard or bones living again or a resurrection power in life. Why is it? Because there's something stirring on the inside of this generation that says we know that we look like we're dead. But we've got a hope on the inside of us that's greater than death itself. We believe that we will live again. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you today that the enemy it's easy to give in to the enemy that has released a feeling over you that there is no life and there is no hope but God needs a great cloud of witnesses today that will rise up and stand by night in the house of the Lord with one hand without wrath and the other without doubt and say I know it looks bad right now but just keep on watching baby because darkness can only endure for the night, but joy is going to come up in the morning, and my morning isn't based upon the daylight, my morning is based upon a revelation, and when I get a fresh revelation of Jesus, it may be the midnight hour, but that's my morning, and victory is going to come to me, if you believe it today, give him some kind of praise. See, God never called a pastor to make people comfortable. Whenever you're focused only. Now, we want you to be comfortable. We try. We try. But whenever you're focused only on making people comfortable, then we, it causes us to not have the power to get people delivered. Because deliverance is a messy business. Because on your way to deliverance, you've got to have an encounter with God. Amen? On your way to deliverance, you've got to have an encounter with a greater force than that which is holding you. And when that miracle power is not in the house, it becomes a house of excuses rather than a house of miracles. And when the house of excuses reigns and rules, and the main goal is to make sure that everyone is comfortable, that's how we end up with churches where boys are acting like girls. I am mean, I ain't afraid. Where girls are acting like men. And where people with a sinful lifestyle end up in leadership roles. Huh? Because it never dawned on us that those people might have showed up at the church to get free. Not to join another club. God didn't call his church to be a comfort zone. God called us, he anointed us, he appointed us to pull down strongholds and pull down the power of darkness that prevails against our society. Amen. And the reality is there may be a no in the atmosphere, but don't let that no stop you. Because you see, that no in the atmosphere is there. But I'm looking for some people today that have a no, a yes in their spirit. That says, yes, I believe the word of God. Yes I believe the power of God is real. Amen I'm looking for some people today that will have a yes in their spirit over Hurricane yes over their spirit for Milton. Yes in their spirit for Tays Valley. Yes in their spirit for St. Albans and Nitro that will say yes. All the statistics that put out in the atmosphere to say no crime is up. Drug addiction is up. Depression is up but we've got to have a yes in our spirit that says yes Lord I believe you can do a new thing amen can I heal the sick yes Lord can I deliver the oppressed yes Lord can I deliver and save to the uttermost yes Lord amen there is nothing exempt today from the attack of the enemy the enemy is attacking at younger and younger ages all the time Attacking four and five and six-year-olds. He's attacking teenagers with hopelessness. He's after young adults to try to confuse their minds. That, 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 they, that they get confused and frustrated with who they are and what they desire to be. He's trying to destroy adults and overcome and destroy marriages. He's he's trying to make the elderly feel like they have no hope, no value, and no purpose. No one is exempt from the attack of the enemy. And every region today, what i come to tell you today is this, is every region has seed in the ground that has a potential harvest now. Every region in America has seed in the ground and every generation can call in the harvest that is now for us. So what are you talking about? I'm talking about those who have planted before us. Generations prior to us that were faithful in the call. Huh? faithful to preach the gospel, faithful to sow the seed, faithful to teach the word, amen? And every generation has that seed in the ground and whatever the enemy has told you, there is a harvest that is available now. I still believe we can have a revival of souls. I still believe that all the streams of revival that have ever been will be again. (coughs) Amen. (coughs) What do you mean? I'll tell you what I mean. Every move of God that we have ever experienced in the earth is still alive. You can call it a well, you can call it a revival, you can call it a river, whatever you want to call it. But whatever God has released into the earth is still available to us. We may not be walking in it, we may not be functioning in it, we may not be experiencing it, but it is still available. Amen. You See, there was people like A.A. Allen used to go across America preaching in a tent. And they didn't have to go and see how hot it was going to be to determine whether people were going to come or not. Amen? He'd set up a tent, and wherever he set up the tent, 10,000 people would show up. And when he set that tent up, they knew that miracles were going to take place. Amen. Because A.A. Allen's anointing was for miracles and the supernatural. He was a fairly good preacher, but his gift was in the supernatural. And he would begin to see things in the spirit. And he would begin to lay hands upon the sick and they would be healed instantly. Amen. I remember... I wasn't, I I was young, but I remember the story of him coming to Akron, Ohio, and the Catholic church ran him out of town, and on his way out, Akron, if you don't know, it was the rubber capital of the world, there were more tires made in Akron, Ohio, than there was anywhere in the world, and now AA Allen, on his way out of town, said that Akron will become a ghost town, and It is. There's only one tire company in Akron, Ohio, and the rest of them are spread out, and Akron is a ghost town. There's, and this is just one man, there's, there's many that have, have gone and, and put seed in the ground that the harvest hasn't come yet. Amen. Generations past who have experienced the move of God and the move of God is never to be to be to to just stop with one generation and start with another generation. The move of God is progressive. The move of God is to be greater in the next generation than it was the previous generation. And if that doesn't happen, then it's not functioning the way that God intended for it to. And Elijah Elijah was one of those men who, who had the mantle that he received from Elijah. You remember that? Three of you. Elijah walks in this supernatural anointing Elisha comes and starts serving him, blessing him, ministering to him. And Elijah says, What is it you want? He said, I want double what you got. Huh? Elisha, the mantle falls from Elijah and and Elisha grabs hold of the mantle and runs over to the water and he picks up this miracle working power where Elijah stopped off because the last miracle that Elijah did was part the water and the first miracle that Elisha does is strike the water with the, the mantle and say where is the Lord God of Elijah and the waters roll back. Even though it's the same mantle, it is a different anointing. Elijah, he is, he is there, he's, he's, he's fighting, he's warring, and Elisha comes with this healing anointing. And he's healing the waters, he's healing the people, he is, he's healing the because the, Elijah had to come as a warrior so Elisha could come and bring healing to another generation. But the Bible says the day came when Elisha dies and and, and, and Gehazah's next in line. He's the next generation, but Gehazah doesn't want the mantle. And so when Elisha dies, they throw the bones into a hole. Right? They throw the bones into the hole. They throw his body into the hole. Bones represents potential and promises. In the scripture. That's the reason when Moses died and he was in a wayward land, he said, Don't leave my bones behind don't leave my body here but carry my bones into the place of God's promise why because in his bones rested the promise of Abraham in his bones was the promise of God that there was a land that was flowing with milk and honey and he said don't leave my promises behind but take my promises into another generation and let even though I may not see with my eyes let another generation walk into the place of promise. Amen. It's the promises that Jesus had. That's the reason that the prophet said that when he died that not a bone will be broken. And it wasn't broken because when he hung on the cross they would come and break their bones but they didn't break the bones of Jesus. Why? Because they killed him but they couldn't kill the promise. And the promise lived on on the other side of the cross. It was his bones, his promises were not broken and the Bible said that years later they threw Elijah's bones in there but a years later there was a bunch of robbers that came through the same place and they took the bones of another man a body and threw them in on the bones of Elijah and the Bible said that when it hit his bones amen when it hit his bones There was enough power there was enough promise there was enough of the word of the Lord that caused the dead man to come back to life I want to tell you today that there are previous generations that have fasted and prayed and taught the word preached the word delivered the word of God into a generation and they died never seeing the promise but I've come to tell you their bones are still alive there is power in the word of God And what we have to do is access that promise And say yes my forefather My granddaddy never seen it My daddy never seen it But I'm here to get the promise That is over this generation And if necessary we will take it by force But we're not going to be passive We're not going to wait for it to fall out of the heavens We're going to roll up our spiritual sleeves And say it's not by might nor by power power but it's by the spirit of the living God and we're going to take it because it belongs to me it belongs to my son it belongs to my daughter it belongs to the next generation and we're going to take it by force why because there may be a no over this region but there's a yes in my spirit that says yes God all things are possible to them that believe reason there was still power in those bones is because there was no one in that day that wanted the mantle Elijah got it Elisha got it from Elijah but Gehazi didn't want it The reason why there's been a drought and a famine in the body of Christ is because that my generation didn't want the mantle We got preoccupied with building cute church. We got preoccupied with building safe church. Oh, I don't wanna don't want to bring any any body because Pastor, he may speak in tongues. Well, you ought to explain that before you got them here. (laughs) Amen. I mean, who who gets on a plane, buys a plane ticket, gets on a plane, and goes over to Mexico and expect to be able to understand somebody? Where'd you think you were bringing them? You see what, what you see? What we've come to? What'd you come to see, John, or a reed shaking in the wind? No, you, came, you, you brought them into another world. You brought them to the kingdom of God. We speak a different language. But we want safe church. Hmm? I don't want to get too far out there, but we want, we want safe church where we come to church but we don't produce anything. Comfortable church. Amen. Not mad at nobody but the devil. We've developed an environment where people think that it's normal for them to come to church once a month. And think they're faithful. I didn't even get an amen right there. Let me try it like this. We're more committed to the gym. Than we are to the church. You know Sunday used to be called the Lord's day. Not the Lord's 45 minutes. Amen. We don't understand what our pastivity has cost us. Amen. I had an old pastor tell me a long time ago, he said, and I I could call his name, but you wouldn't know him, but he told me, he said, the church is making it too easy on people. And I thought he meant that he was talking about being, you know, old liner and all that religious stuff. But I've come to understand what he was talking about is there's still got to be a sacrifice. There's still got to be a commitment. When was the last time you had to explain to somebody that you didn't make the event because you had to go to church? Instead of making the event an excuse not to come to church, you used to use the church for an excuse not to go to the event. Yeah, I'm preaching better than you're letting on, and, and I, I feel it bouncing back, but, but, but it is true. It is true. Whenever we do not value the church, then we tell the next generation it's not important. And somewhere, and and help me, you understand today, my brothers and sisters, we've raised uh, two kids. And and I'm not spouting against, you know, sports and none of those things. It's wonderful and it's a great thing. But somewhere along the way, you've got to put a value on the house of God. we become passive. And I'm not concerned about the no that's in the atmosphere. I'm concerned that there is no yes in your spirit. Because hell's no can't compare to God's yes. Amen. Because there's no power the enemy possesses that can stop the move of God. But if he gets in your head. Huh? A lot of times they th- we think that the battle's out there somewhere, but the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Where are strongholds? They're not, uh, they can be out there, but I'll tell you where the strongholds are. They're in our mind. And if the enemy can get a no in your mind, it can't happen, it can't work, I, I, my family can't be saved, I can't be healed, I can't be delivered, then he's got the battle won. But if he can get in your head to cause you to accept it, then it can't happen. Because he, But whenever you have a yes in your spirit, he cannot stop it because he does not have the power to stop it. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Are you walking with me? Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Yes, this hot-headed Peter yes this Peter, this cousin peter huh yes this peter that had rejected jesus and and but yet he had an encounter and received the power of the holy spirit and now peter preaches on the day of pentecost and three thousand somebody say three thousand I'm thankful for the one that walks, makes their way to Calvary. I'm thankful if two people get saved. But I'm not so interested. Yes, thank God for all of that. But I'm not interested so much in saying, yeah, we had a wonderful service. Five souls were saved today. Thank God for those five souls. But I'm looking for the thousands. The next day he gets up and preaches and the Bible said 5,000 were added to the church. 24 times in the New Testament, the Bible says a multitude was added unto them. Amen. It's popular in our culture to say that we just had a, little, we just had good church because one, two, but where is the multitude? Where is the 5,000? Where is the 3,000? Where, where is the harvest? You see, we've got robbed because we have become passive. And we've got robbed from this concept that we can change a city in a day. That the state can be saved overnight. That God is able to shift the environment and the culture in a whole country. Amen. And see the goodness of God overnight. It doesn't take God long All it takes is his power and his glory to be revealed and a whole city can turn around for God. I wish I had somebody believe with me today that in a night, in a day, in a service, that God's ghost gets so strong and so powerful that he can shift everything in your family and every single one of them, crazy aunt and uh, uh, Uncle Tom and all of them can get saved in one service and your life be changed forever I'm telling you today that God can do it and if you get a yes in your spirit all things are possible to them that believe Amen I'm coming after a spirit today I'm coming after a little spirit That one, our culture, especially in this region, our culture is, how many times have I heard people say, I don't want to go to a big church. And my question is, why? Because when God begins to move and lives begin to change, who's willing to tell your family to go to hell stay out we big enough hmm somebody talk to me now well I just don't like big church it makes me what are you going to do in heaven huh what are you going to do there no, the kingdom of God was never meant to be small. Everything in the kingdom started small and ended up large. The latter house was always greater than the former house. The end of a thing is greater than the beginning of a thing. Huh? And so I'm coming after this little spirit today. Of all, oh, we just need to keep it little. We need to keep it small. We, we just don't, we don't need all that. No, we need everybody. Red, yellow, black, and white. They all precious in his sight. Young, middle aged, or old, wherever you are, we need us everybody in the kingdom of God. Amen. Because you see, God wants us to do something, and we have there is more power in greater numbers. Amen. But if the devil can get a mentality that big is bad, then we, use, we lose the mindset or the mentality of multitude. Amen. But we can't come up in here and think it's all about me. Everybody being comfortable. Because on the way to your deliverance, on the way to my deliverance, I have to have an encounter that causes me to become uncomfortable. Amen. Preachers are not motivational speakers, anybody can do that. Amen. This modern day church is so busy teaching life skills that we never get to the glory. Yes, unfortunately, you got to teach life skills nowadays. But there's more than life skills. You've got to get to the glory. Because if you get to the glory of God, things are about to change. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm looking for some people today who will look the devil in the eyes and say, you foul, unclean spirit. I command you to come out of them in the name of Jesus. Amen. They will not take their lives they will not be cutting themselves. they will not be de- de- addicted they will not be a number but I'm putting the name of Jesus upon them and I'm creating an environment where they're going to feel his power amen I know people say well I don't feel but sometime along the way it's our responsibility in here that's the reason why miss Amy and this worship team sing it's not so people that. Have slept in can get here it's to create an atmosphere it's to create an environment where the power of God can be felt in your life and I promise you if you begin to open up your heart and begin to worship him you're going to begin to feel him amen because I know it's not all about feeling but you ought to feel something you ought to sing until you feel it preach till you feel it clap until you feel it amen because someone around you needs to feel the power of God and we've got in this generation, in this culture we've got to develop an environment where people can come up in here and feel glory, feel the power of God, feel that he'll reach down in a horrible pit and set your feet upon a solid and a firm foundation and establish your coming in and calling you blessed of the Lord. You've got to feel His power, His goodness, His grace, His mercy. You got to feel His love and know that even though whatever you've done last night, He still loves you with an everlasting love. So I just come up in here today to declare there is an army rising up. There's a generation that is in the earth now that is made up of every age group, every creed and every culture. And they are coming to this day and they are understanding today that mountains will move. Walls will come down. Chains will fall off. The devil will be defeated because miracles are on the way. Amen. When there is a battle over the territory that produces a hostile environment and is trying to make people feel oppressed, amen, and feel like that the very thing that they need, they don't want. You ain't walking with me. They want the very thing they need. They don't want. Because the enemy knows that if he can get you to get a, get a hatred towards your brother or your sister. Or a dislike for somebody or something. It's the very thing that you need in your life to get victory over that thing. And the enemy tries to build up a hostile environment inside of you that says, I don't need that. I don't need them. But the truth is you need that and you need them because it is the very thing inside of them it is the very thing in that power source that will prevail you over your enemy and there's a no in the atmosphere there's got to be a yes in your spirit when there's a no in the atmosphere God has to have some people in the earth that will put a yes in their spirit And you've got to protect against allowing the no to get in you. I know the no can get in the atmosphere. I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned that our passivity has caused us to allow a no to get inside of us. Because the atmosphere is standing against us. But if there is a yes in your spirit. Hallelujah. There's no devil in hell that possesses the power to stop the move of God. When you read the book of Acts, we see a church that is active, not passive. This generation that I talk about, I, I'm telling you, not prophesying today. But this generation that we're talking about today, they're not looking for cute church. They're not looking for feel good church. This generation is coming for the mantles of those in past days that have fallen. Amen. I'm telling you today, those mantles that have fallen. That, that, that mantle of A.A. Allen's has fallen but we're coming for that mantle. We're coming for the mantle of Billy Sunday. We're coming for the mantle of Kenneth Hagin. We're coming for the mantle of T.L. Osborne. We're coming for the mantle of John G. Lake, a man that when Ebola come and hit the nation, he said, I'm not afraid of Ebola. They said, oh yeah, you better be afraid. He said, no. He grabbed Ebola in his hands and they put it under a microscope and it died in his hands my God we need that a mantle today that rises up that the next time some foolish spirit decides to get loose in this nation in this world we need men and women of God to say not so we need men and women like stood up in Tanzania and said this coronavirus is not going to exist here and it's not there anymore we need some men and women of God that'll pick up the mantle of days gone by And say, we want that river to flow again. We want that power of God again. We want His demonstration again. We want to see His glory. We're coming after the miracle mantle of past generations and generations that have sown into this region. But the harvest got delayed because of acute, no anointing, comfortable, half-baked Christian generation. But my God, we're coming alive again. Our bones are rising up. We're saying this isn't what we look for. This isn't what we dealt for. A generation that is not going to be talked out of the move of God. You can't talk people into serving God because people have become professional debaters. Amen. I'm almost done in case you need to take your medicine. We become professional debaters. While you stand up and preach, people are Googling you. Fact-checking you. Debating you. You can't, you can't talk people into getting saved. <laughs> but when Jesus steps in the room, there's no debate. There's no discussion. They feel something. <laughs> I said they feel something. They feel a power that they've never felt before. They feel a love that overwhelms their soul. The writer said it feels like honey, a warm honey that's over my soul. You see, whenever Jesus steps in the room, you can feel his power. Every mantle that God has ever released upon the church is still available today to us. But don't allow the enemy to talk you out of it. Don't allow the enemy to talk you out of it. I still believe we can have the revivals of Billy Sunday. I still believe we can have the revivals of A.A. Allen and, and John G. Lake. I still believe that we can heal the sick and raise the dead, set the captive free, deliver the oppressed. Why? Because we still have the power available to us. No more, make no mistake about it. This generation, we in a mess. Brother Russian preached good Friday night. Threw it down, raised it back up, and threw it back again. Amen. He said, we all a mess, and we are. We all a mess. This generation, we a mess. We Lazaruses in the grave, we wrapped up in all kinds of mess." Amen. But when G- when Lazarus heard the word of the Lord, amen. when Jesus stepped in the room, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. He was wrapped up with all kinds of mess, but he came. Amen. Yeah. How how you think he got out of that tomb? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Huh? I don't know if he rolled out. I don't know if he hopped out. All I know is he came out. And we today may, we, I don't know how you get to Jesus. I don't know what you're wrapped up in. I don't know what we've almost gave into. I don't know the passivity, what it's cost us, and what it's done to us. But all I know is we gotta listen to the respond to the call of Jesus. And we may have to roll out, we may have to hop out. We may have to do whatever we have to do, but just come out of that grave. Get a hold of the promise of God. Because even though it may be years past, the promise of God is still good. Glory to God. And if you'll get a hold of the promise of God, it'll come alive inside of you. Amen. You may be overwhelmed, but come on. You may be discouraged, but come on. You may be bound, but come on. You may have a limp, but come on. You may be frustrated and don't know what to do, but come on. Just come on in the house. Just come on in the house. Just get into where Jesus is. And if you can get into where his presence is. Nothing else is going to matter. Because if there's a yes in your heart. (laughs) I said if there's a yes in your heart. There's no devil that can stop it. Amen. You better start singing girl. I ain't got no watch and I ain't nowhere near done amen that's my foundation maybe I'll come back next week and preach the message you got a yes in you today do you have a yes in you today I know you've been through some stuff I know, I know, I know this may be kind of heavy today but, but it's got to get into the atmosphere we got to change some things we got to shift some things. And I, like I said, I ain't mad at nobody but the devil, but it's t- the devil's day's over. It's time for us to rise up and take back everything the enemy has stolen from us. Amen. No, no, I'm going to back up on that. I don't think the devil can steal nothing from you, you've got to relinquish it. He didn't steal it from Adam. Adam gave it to him. And in our passivity, we have given up some valuable things. Come on, I told you, you better sing. Amen. We've given up some valuable things. But how many know if you got a yes in your spirit, you can get it back? Amen. Let's stand today. Let's stand today. Whenever they sing today, however you feel to respond to the word, whatever it is, to say yes, I've got a yes in my spirit amen come to this altar stand at this altar lift your hands where you are, whatever it is that that is puts a yes in you but let faith arise in your heart today let something that's died inside of you and dormant inside of you let it come alive again in the name of jesus come on